1: Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. How are you doing, my friend? Good, good. How are you? Good. So it's full-fledged summer here. What's it like over where you are? Well, it was summer last
2: week, and now it's coming back to spring this week, which is good because I I miss spring.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been a bit of a brief one here. Yeah. but. I can't complain. It's been a wonderful winter. It's been, it's been just downright awesome. weird.
2: I'm looking forward to camping season coming up. My sister's coming up. We're going to go kayaking, maybe, all kinds of stuff. So I'm looking awesome. forward.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, today we've got uh, a few interesting notes on the table here. Uh, you wanted this uh, first touch on the Google Thin Content Manual yeah. action. So I wouldn't, be,
2: I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if both this first story and the second story are connected somehow. But a a couple of weekends ago, there was a report that a lot of webmasters were starting to get manual action notifications in webmaster tools. But but what was really interesting to me was these were based on low-quality content. So they're actually doing manual actions based on low-quality content instead of just algorithmic adjustments, like ignoring it because it's low-quality. And I'm not sure how I feel about that, that Google is making manual actions based on their judgment of the quality of content. Most cases. I can see that yeah it'd be pretty black and white but there's going to be cases where it's not black and white and to me it seems like the idea of well we're not sure so let's not count that content because we think it's low quality or give it a lower relevancy grading or whatever they do but sending out a manual action because they don't like the content seems a little heavy-handed to me
1: well it all depends I mean it's just like uh, I, I would hope that they're doing it the way they do it for spam right? this is hardcore obvious spam you're being penalized this is crap content. <laughs> well, you obviously s- reworded this. Maybe it's it's scraped. Maybe it's been reworded well, and spun. When,
2: well, some of the threads that Barry pointed out in Searching the Roundtable, webmasters were saying, hey, this is good quality content we had written by professional journalists. Now, again, I haven't looked at it. I don't know if it's been duplicated a billion times across the, the internet. Who knows? But a lot of these people are saying, no, this isn't crappy content. This is good content we worked hard on, but we still got this notification of a manual action. So yeah,
1: actually, I'm just reading a quote here, finally looking at the article you're talking about, and <laughs> it says, <laughs> quote unquote here, so yesterday I saw two of my sites penalized with thin content, while one of the websites was a huge white hat experiment, assuming that means that he's done some amazing content that he really wanted to see how it would work. I use professional copywriting services and was shocked to see this. My affiliate manager was shocked too. Oh, it's an affiliate manager, He must be, that's, that's pretty big news. Um <laughs>
2: Well, well, I read that, too, when he said affiliate manager. I'm like, okay, that right there makes it a little... (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Because we know that affiliate sites are treated different in the eyes of the engines because it's basically just a sales pitch, right? Because you're not... But if you provide good... Even affiliate sites can provide good, quality, useful, or entertaining content. Just because it's an affiliate site doesn't mean it's thin content. So uh, I'm, I'm a little worried about this one. But this, that said, I think this this next issue that came up really just a couple days after we, we saw this thread about the manual actions on this quality update is, I think they're tied together
1: somehow. I really do. Yeah, very interesting. Well, uh, I guess with that, we should uh, jump into the next piece here, and in this case, it's uh, about an update that happened on May third, caused a hell of a ruckus, um, at least on some of the forums. I personally didn't see a big deal from it. I mean, I noticed a bit of fluctuation here and there, but I don't know. I don't live and breathe the, the, the minor changes. Yeah. Um, in any case, obviously Barry and other guys have to for their, their sites. And in this case, uh, hub pages, Uh, Paul Edmondson, I gather he's the founder or or president right now. Now,
2: Not to to be confused with HubSpot, which is different, we confused that ourselves at one point. HubSpot is marketing for HubPages is an old school site that's been around for many, many years where you could go sign up and create your own pages on different topics. And They've they've been around for many years, I just want to make sure we're clear about who we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, and um, I haven't researched them, both John and I were kind of surprised they were still around to be honest with you. uh, just because they got so heavily hit by Panda a while back. Um, anyways, that said, they f- were hit pretty hard by what Google was actually denying there was any kind of update or, or it had nothing to do with uh, Panda. It wasn't anything, and they, weren't, they were not they being tight-lipped. Well, they, they recently confirmed uh, via search engine Land. we noticed this from an article by Barry Schwartz, um, that they did a significant update to the algorithm. So it wasn't targeting anything in particular short of content quality. Now they're being as vague as hell, typical Google. Uh, we don't really know what that means. Um, Search Engine Land has, has uh, um, identified it as the quality update. That's their moniker for it. Um, anyway, it apparently hit hub pages and he had an interesting article where he showed some stats about what what impacted it, what didn't Um, and essentially uh, it it just, well okay one of the things that they do is um, if you become a user on hub pages you get your own subdomain and they did this and I guess to me this seems out of date but they did this because they wanted to um, ensure that everyone was evaluated based on their own merits because it's a subdomain. Well I mean this would have to be specifically Google making uh, an exception here because, as everyone knows, subdomains—at least in the industry—knows that subdomains are considered a part of the domain. Now, it's not a separate entity. Yeah. Um,
2: I'm going gonna, gonna to disagree a little bit because it used to be they were completely separate entities. They have connected yeah. them more than they, they were, but they don't treat them as part of the main domain. They still have to build their own authority, their own relevancy, but they get they do get some of that authority from the primary domain where they didn't used to get anything from the primary domain. It's more of a blend now than a, than a black and white. Yes, they are. No, they're not. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I agree to a I just, say, I just, I believe that they made more of an incentive here for you not to use subdomains to break up your site. They wanted you to make one website, and pe- too many people were using subdomains to try and get different topics and to get the same benefit of a homepage having multiple different pages. Uh, would you agree there?
2: Um, yeah, but I, I think if they made the. Uh, I've always said for the past couple years, subdomains are being abused by the 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 SEOs on the planet. It's it's one of those things that they're going to see eventually be seen as a tactic that's that is not good for your site. Subdomains overall, there are very good reasons to have subdomains in many cases, um, but you only build a subdomain in my mind if you can build it as its own unique separate site. If you if you have enough content, if you have enough um, resources to 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 have built a deep decent backlink profile or manage a decent backlink profile. you know get you have to treat it as a separate site. You can't just assume that because it's sitting on your primary domain, it's going to get this weight. I've seen very, very specific examples of where subdomains used to live and breathe off the weight of the the primary site. And over the past couple of years, that has just completely dried up and those subdomains are just tanking in search results because of it, right? And because of the fact that they're separating that authority and relevancy even more than they used to. Now, it used to be that it was a completely different site. Now it's still a separate site, but it's, it, to me you can't, you can't rely on your primary domain for subdomains at all anymore. And, and you never really could. And, and I just don't want it to be people to be confused from my opinion and what you said it's the same site it, there's no way that it's seen as the same site still to this day in my opinion
1: okay well I, I was going I'm trying to expose what I, I read in Google I was just trying to look for it I can't find it right now anyways um, it is in general uh, I don't know how to get to, I've got it I want, I wanted to have a quote here to kind of get into the into the depths of this um, I know that uh, unless it's 100% different, like it's it's a totally irrelevant to your main site, subdomains shouldn't be used if you're thinking about taxonomy. Um, Even, and then there is a video for mad cuts on this, but I mean, again, that's their own opinions, but should I structure my site using subdomains or subdirectories was kind of a question of the video. That's you can actually search for that and and you can get into it a bit. Um, Obviously there's different schools of thought as John and I have demonstrated. uh, i do i i don't say i don't use subdomains and for all the listeners subdomains are um uh let's say uh bmw.cars.com uh mercedes.cars.com that kind of idea right it's a way of of creating a sub uh sub site of your main site in a in many ways in any case um there's a, uh, obviously some different schools of thought on it. Uh, I, I like to avoid it unless it's absolutely mandatory because it does require a lot of work to... It, it uh, does.
2: It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not the best way to go. There are some instances, and I'll use our sites for an example. We have, you know, you just said bmw.cars.com, well we have autos.cleveland.com where all our autos content and our, we have millions of pages on that subdomain, right? So it is its own website about autos, right? As a but it's it's really geared towards the autos just like cars.com, it has all the listings and all all this stuff you would typically find in the classified sections of a newspaper we have autos dot whatever our whichever one of our sites it is at that time that is because you know, we do that for technical reasons primarily, but you know I can tell you those domains because of the way the algorithms have changed over the years do not get as much support from the primary domain as they used to
1: mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and 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 also, I mean over time Google's gotten much clearer on the fact that um mercedes.car.com is the same um is rel- is related to car.com and 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 is definitely tied to the same website. There is a connection there that Google's gotten much better at spotting. No question. Well-
2: Well, the connection is primarily through the navigation. I mean, they've always known that those connections... No,
1: navigation or not. I mean, even if you didn't have the navigation connected, they know.
2: Well, the navigation, if you're going to do that, is critical. You have to have the navigation in place to, to connect your subdomains to your primary domain. If you don't do that, you don't put that navigation in place, that's where you. I think you're going to start getting looked at. as like, why is this there? Especially if it's like a, a 10 or 15 page site. If it's a, if it's a site with 100,000 pages on a subdomain and there's no navigation, you may be away with something. But it's all relative. It depends on how big the site is, how much content's there, um, how much authority it has if people are linking. I mean, a subdomain can have more authority than a primary domain, depending
1: on how many people link to it. Right? OK, well, let's agree on one thing for sure. And I think you will agree with me on this in general again, I have to be in general because there's always special cases but oh, yeah. blog.yourdomain.com is not a good idea you want that blog to be a part <laughs> of your main site
2: I will agree one billion percent with that
1: that's what <laughs> I figured because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> there's probably listeners here that have their blog separated about a subdomain and every time I see that I'm like okay the first thing we do is move that blog into your domain exactly absolutely awesome there- Let's take a quick break and we get back. uh, We'll continue on our our awesome rambling. SEO
0: 101 will be back right after recess.
3: Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day?
4: our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frogontop, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com.
0: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over, and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcut, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. I am currently cooking in my office. I have not turned on the air conditioning yet.
2: Oh, nice. I bet it smells wonderful in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's nice. Thank you. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, um, uh, we, we were talking before the break about
2: that... Uh, the, the hub pages and his report about how um, you know, he was worried about the, this quality update. And, and it was interesting that Google came out and said, no, this wasn't a specific Panda update. But, but he also put, put in his article some very specific um, samples of sites that got hit by this update. And it was really interesting to me. He listed about.com, eHow, answers.com, wikiHow which is really interesting that those are the kind of sites that got hit and lost traffic with this, this search quality update, because those are content farms, which is exactly what Panda was targeting initially. And eHow was hit really hard in the beginning of Panda, as one example. They bounced back. Apparently now they got hit again. But those examples, and including Hubpages, which is also a content farm, it's, it's really weird that it's not Panda.
1: You see what I mean? Yeah, it is. I know, and I can see why everyone thought it was. It, it, and I guess the only reason it isn't, even though it probably had elements of Panda associated with it, was that it was an algorithmic, just content quality versus a a separate.
2: I wonder if it's them them taking, taking Panda and what they've built into this section of the algorithm, and just making it more of a overriding factor instead of hardwiring it. Yeah, hardwiring it in. I wonder if that's kind of what they're doing. That way they can do it and not have people talk about it as a specific, you know, this is Panda. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, they certainly are mum. <laughs> Mum's a word. But uh, I wanted to read one quote, though, that I thought this was interesting. This is from a Hub Pages user. It's well worded. Um, anyway, they say, uh, and they're commenting on this article by the owner. Unfortunately, it makes things appear as though no matter what we do, Google's going to nail us as a whole, rather than viewing us as individual writers. And there's where he's sort of mentioning the subdomain thing. He says, it's very discouraging, but we have no control over what Google does. Our only hope is that they will pay attention to your comments and put things in proper perspective. Of course, we need to please the reader, but this is not a separate thing from producing informative, quality work. I just don't know mm-hmm. how they're missing that point. Hmm. I thought it was a well-written comment. And it It is.
2: But yeah. but if, you're gonna, if if I was going to take Google's site and play devil's advocate, if you're that good of an author, if you're really dedicated to writing good quality content, why aren't you doing it on your site? Why are you putting it on something yeah. called hub You know, and it's more of the idea that hub pages is a repository, and it's been around forever, and it's always been seen as a content farm. It's never not been seen as a content farm. Why are you utilizing that platform instead of something like WordPress.com, which has a whole lot more pages, a lot more flexible, gives you a lot, gives you the opportunity to put your own domain there? Um, it has subdomains. It, it's. I think in this particular case, it's more about the platform than the authors.
1: That's yeah, my yeah, I agree. And and, and uh, there was actually a, a, an update from Search Engine Land by Barry um, discussing this and how they they called it the quality update, and in that, I took a quote, and he says, uh, based on what the you know, hub pages is saying, and, and and various comments, and what Google said, he says here, that aligns with what Google's also said. The update didn't go after any particular class of sites or any particular sites. It was an update to the overall ranking algorithm itself. Now, we already talked about this, but I wanted to put it in quotes, because it, it is interesting that this is... Uh, all over the place I mean I Steph, Stephworth got hit a tiny bit too I guess because of our older content that was out there um, I do think that they may not understand yet how the, the, the negative effects of this update I bet they're still working on it but because uh, you know, a lot of people mentioned content that was actually quite good that was being nailed and, and you you got to wonder whether that's something Google wants
2: yeah. so so you mentioned Stepworth got hit because of your older content is that you saying Jim Hedger writes all, like thin content
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean is there any frou-frou in it yes there is yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was his that was his flair <laughs> oh, Jim's style
2: is it's, it's pretty impressive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, a lot of content we have on our site and I guess, you know, I, but actually the majority of the pages that we do get traffic for are tutorials and they didn't, I mean, some of them went down a couple spots, some of them went up. I mean, it's just like any algorithm update, we find there's positives and negatives, it's nothing like to worry any, about.
2: It's like any other week in the search engine world, your pages are going to fluctuate, Period.
1: Exactly. There's
2: nothing you can do about it, and, it's, and actually, that's a very good thing to have the ability to see your pages fluctuate, because if pages didn't fluctuate, that means you have no chance to knock somebody out of their position and move up, right? So, unless you're
1: not fluctuating, good. at and number one,
2: <laughs> fluctuation, fluctuation is a good thing.
1: Yeah, unless you're Wikipedia, and then you're always number one anyway.
2: No, didn't they get hit recently? They lost,
1: they lost a bunch of rankings. Because yeah, of they so- did, but they're still up there a lot but oh, I it's know. good I actually like their content so I don't mind and even I, I have to admit Eva, Ehow I, she kind of like it I, it's there when I need it when I'm doing home home um, home homework I want to say but you know what I mean uh, house repairs and stuff if I need a quick answer I find it and it's decent
2: see I, I always search on YouTube because that way it's, I'm, I guess it's more visual but there's nothing you can't find out how to do on, that There's somebody didn't make a video about it on YouTube
1: that's true I use that as well yeah, yeah. all right on-page ranking factors. Now you, you tell us a little bit about this.
2: Well, this is interesting. First of all, let's talk about every year Moz comes out with this on-page ranking factors survey. This is not that, right? So there was a a, a guy on Webmaster World Roger Monty, he goes, um, his, his handle on Red Mesh Rolls, Martini Buster, he wrote a basically short little post saying, hey, these are the things I think are, are increasing as, as factors this year, and these are the things that I think are depreciating. And there's some really great conversation went on behind this post, and I thought it'd be interesting for us to, to kind of walk through some of these things and agree or disagree with them real quick. Um... So some of the factors he thinks that are moving up, that are that are becoming more important when it comes to organic search, um, he says, user experience metrics, and in parentheses, all of them. And I personally think this isn't moving up, this has been an important factor for a long time, because the better your UI um, experience, especially if you're looking at um, not only the just standard UI, but things like uh, what is it the, the five hundred eight certifications for handicap users, that kind of stuff. All of that's been important to SEO for a long time. Because if you do good there, the odds are pretty good you're going to be doing good from an SEO standpoint. Um, thoughts, Ross?
1: Yeah, I mean user experience metrics. I mean Google. It's it's just like everyone who just listened to the mobile update and said, "Hey, yes, we need uh, to listen and, and do the mobile update to Google," but they didn't pay any attention to page speed. You know. Exactly. Google is looking at all aspects. They want the best experience. They want it unmatched compared to any other search engine. And they're pushing everyone to do that. And so it makes a lot of sense that if you're ahead of the curve, um, you're going to be in a good position.
2: And and I think one of the things from this particular standpoint to think about is that Google knows – they might not know what what text is in an image, but they know different pieces of a page. They know what the footer is. They know what the header is. They know what navigation on the left or right are. They know what ad units are. They know what the body of the content is, and each of those things, you know, have different weighting values when it comes to relevancy of topic or page. You know, content in the footer is not near, going to be kind of nearly as much as content in the body of the page when it comes to relevancy. So that all fits into user experience as well. They know these pieces and they understand how they fit in the overall usage of a page and how people look at a page from a user experience standpoint. And it's already been figured into the algorithm. That's been there for years.
1: It'd be kind of funny to transport an SEO uh, or a, a black hat from 1997 to now and just watch their face pale <laughs> as they see all the things that Google's done. I mean, they're just so ahead of the curve. There's no... Uh- No easy gaming anymore, that's for sure.
2: I want to do it the other way too. I want to take like a new SEO that's been in the game for like a year or two now, send them back to see what the black hats used to do.
4: The level of connection you feel in your home dramatically influences your experiences there. Get the tools to control that connection in your communities with the first multifamily platform that unifies management and resident experiences to create smart apartments. Talk to a RealPage consultant today to see how your properties can meet the future of multifamily with the Smart Building Suite.
0: We hope you're enjoying this podcast sponsored by U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank has had endless stories of taking side gigs to the next level. Their recipe to success is simple, providing the support and partnership you need, just like a family member would. Bringing you that peace of mind that is much needed, but also sprinkling you with confidence to strive for greatness. Because the sky's the limit, and they'll make sure you get there. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Back to the episode.
2: And watch their head explode as well. Like, that works? You can actually do that? It made a difference.
1: The legends were true.
2: Yes. What's, what's the next one up there?
1: Oh, my, no! I got to say though, my favorite—I I bring this up occasionally—but I, I still can't remember, can't can't forget just how awesome it was to uh, to market on Infoseek. <laughs> Where, oh, if anyone remembers, Infoseek you you could go there, make a change to your page, submit it to Infoseek, refresh, <laughs> see the change.
2: <laughs> I yep. loved it. Oh yeah, ah, oh, the days. There, there was definitely a time. In the early days, where you could guarantee somebody rankings on a keyword, yeah, you really could.
1: (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, not without living a very stressful, stressful life. (laughs) Um. So yeah. So did you mention title tags already?
2: No, no. That's the next one you got on the list. Shorter title tags.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I agree that. So they mentioned that he thinks that. Shorter title tags are, are helping people rank higher. I agree that I um, guess uh, getting to the point being very clear what your your subject is about is a good thing um, and maybe that just falls under having a shorter shorter title tag. I don't think that in specific is well, a, a factor.
2: Let's look at it from a technical standpoint and again this is something that I've been preaching for years short title tags if you have we, we know that if you put a key phrase at the beginning of the title tag, it has a little bit more weight than if you put it at the end. We always tell people if you're going to brand your titles, always brand them at the end because mm-hmm. the, the topic of the page should, should come towards the front of the title tag, right? Definitely. Okay, so if a title tag has 10 words and your key phrase is, say, two of those words, we know that your key phrase has 20% of the weight of that title tag, right? In the beginning, if your key phrase is a hundred, if your title tag is a hundred words, but your key phrase is only two, now your key phrase only has two percent of that entitled weight of that title tag. So, if you're looking at it from a mathematical, statistical standpoint, shorter title tags are going to give you a bit more focus on your topic f- from that perspective.
1: Do you agree or disagree? Well, it's pretty much what I said. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, yeah, I mean, it shorter if it's clear is good. Longer, if you have to, is it's probably going to be fine too. It's not a, 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 a straight rule, is what I mean. And longer doesn't mean hundred words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe two true. more. You know, it's it's just <laughs> I don't want people starting to do title short title tags, uh, thinking that that's going to just be it. It's not the answer. It's just an element that c- could have an advantage.
2: Well, let's look at the if, other side. Too short of a title tag can be a problem because if you don't, if you're not specific enough about what your topic of your page is, then you're going to then you're going to run into Potential relevancy competition on your own site where if you have pages that are similar but different, and if you use too short of title tags, they might be confusing, you know, as far as the targeting goes. So you got to be specific enough, and you have to use enough words to be specific.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, people using the, uh, the comma in the wrong spot in a sentence. You know, you put yes. a little thought into it. You'd, otherwise, people can get the very wrong idea. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could remember off the top of my head some of the great right. ones I've seen lately. But, and you know.
2: and this, this is interesting, too, because this next one is also something that's been, you know, to me, has been bread and butter of SEO for years now, which years. is original content. Of course you want original content. You have to have original content. There's no way around that. It's been that way for years. It's not something that's moving up. It's been at the top of the list for as long as I
1: can remember pretty much. But I and I agree 100%. But I guess the reason he would put that in there is because there's a lot of places that repurpose content. Hello, Huffington Post. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, <laughs> I have a Post I mean, there's a lot of places that that are content um, aggregators and you know, the what's t- the word for it? They're they're um, curating. Yeah,
2: and but that's not the only place. One of the most common places I see non-original content is e-commerce product descriptions. Most people who publish. You know, online put their put their co- or put their products online. Don't take the time to write a unique description for that product. The manufacturers send them this great paragraph describing this product, and like, cool, I'll just cut and paste that in there, along with the hundred other people that are selling that product online, cutting and pasting the exact same description. Right, so that's not original content. Where if you go ahead and write your own description about that product, that's going to do you a, a world of good. Now. Some vans. Some e-commerce sites have tens of thousands of products, and effectively write original descriptions for tens of of products is probably not really doable. But you can pick out the, the your, your best sellers. If you have a if you have a shirt that comes in multiple sizes and multi-colors you don't have to write a description for each one of those. You just write it for the primary product, and then do a, um, either a rel equals canonical or a rel equals next prev to group them all together into one product type. So there's ways around it, but that's one another place I see duplicated content a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Engaging content that provides an answer, teaches, informs, is useful, and delights. I love that ending. Delights. Yes. Delights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean. <laughs> this, this is a perfect description of
2: Ross's Facebook page. So if you're not connected to Ross on Facebook, this isn't <laughs> perfect. Just telling you, <laughs> but 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 this is why I do. Completely it's adorable. Agree with this. It is, but that's exactly why I completely agree with this one. Is it's not so much that Google is looking at the content to determine is this uh, does this teach or inform or is this Google say yes this is a delightful page. The reason this is up and coming from an SEO factor. It's because if you do that, you're going to get more reach into social. If you create answers, teaching, informs, you know, entertaining type of content, it's going to get deeper reach into social. Some of those social signals that, that John Mueller told us don't exist, but we know do. <laughs> 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 you know, you're going to get you have a better chance. And by the way, just because I, I want to say this on the air, we asked John Mueller about that, and he says we don't have access to Facebook. You know, his his reasoning was they don't have access to Facebook, so they really can't get the information they need from Facebook. And I wish I would have done this before the show so I could have come back to, and asked him. But if you go look and do a site colon for Facebook.com, Google has over 2.3 billion pages of Facebook indexed. How can you not get some information out of that?
1: I'm just well, saying. Well, they don't get the full <laughs> oh, to them, the, they don't get the full answer. That's what the right thing.
2: <laughs> with the other two billion pages, too.
1: Yeah, oh. so I get five billion four hundred sixty thousand million results.
2: Oh Perfect. wow! So it went up since I looked. Something happened. Something changed.
1: Gee, yeah, yeah, I mean it's all pages, business pages, but yeah. holy hell!
2: One site with that many pages indexed, and they can't use that information, or they won't use that information. both. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> subtle I love it okay <laughs> so on that note let's take a quick break and we'll be right back
0: seo 101 will be back right after recess
3: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to
2: 21691. That's RADIO two two one six nine one for Moby Mantis. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest?
3: an authority on search vendors.
4: at BruceClay.com. If you are a digital marketer, you don't want to miss this. You can join millions of digital marketers now having free access to the Click It Summit, the worldwide professional digital marketing online summit. Their four-day search marketing summit is coming up on May 25th through the 28th. Register for free at clickitsummit.com forward slash search marketing. No matter where you are located, you can participate from the comfort of your own computer. Again, register for free at clickitsummit.com forward slash search marketing.
0: Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Karkut, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., so, you know, we were talking about uh, product listings and how you have to have custom code on it. My mind went blank at the moment, but it came back to me, you know, I, I, clients who are listening you know, and that have products in, in this area, I, hey, I love working with you guys. But I got to say, when it comes to those those sites that have a ton of products that are all identical, all in, you know, they're, everyone's using the same one. All the competitors are using the same database. They're the bane of my existence. They're so hard to market because really the client has to do an unreasonable amount of optimization to get those things to really compete.
2: Well, so here's something I've been dealing with this a lot on our sites, right? Because we have, you know, we're newspaper sites. We've been around for years and newspapers do certain things. One of the things newspapers have done pretty much since they launched, you know, 175 years ago and we've got newspapers that old, right? Is classifieds. And they tried to translate classifieds, you know, autos and real estate and, and, you know, all these type of listings that people put in a newspaper. They tried to translate that to online. And those have the exact same types of problems that e-commerce has, right? Because if someone puts their house, they list their house, and it goes to an online site, well, there's 50 sites that are going to list that same house, and all those houses are going to have the same exact description, same exact everything, right? So it's pretty much duplicate content. It's the same thing as with a product description. And uh, you know we're seeing the same thing, and one of the, one of the things that I'm working on very hard right now is to flip that model. Right now, we have the idea that you know we have this classified section. We don't call them classifieds anymore, by the way. We have this cl- we have this product vertical, and <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but, but right now, these product verticals are inventory driven. What what are the what are we getting from the MLS for real estate? What are we getting from the auto dealers for for cars? What are we getting from like the the, the job seekers and, and job listings, those kind of things, right? Those are those are all inventory-based. And these, these systems, even e-commerce, this works really well with e-commerce too. Any system that's based on an inventory in today's search engine landscape is doomed to fail because of all these issues. My my project that I'm really pushing on right now is to flip that model and say, okay, instead of finding, taking an inventory-based system and trying to fit, find ways to put content and unique, valuable content into that inventory system, flip that model. Let's create a content system where we have tons of content going in on, on this vertical and try to figure out ways to put our inventory into the content. Right. And I think the same kind of thing could work really well in an e commerce model. If you got away from the idea of just have a listing of all your products and trying to figure out how you're gonna put content, create a site with content and figure out how to put your, your, your inventory into that content. A great example of that that they have they have a small inventory is Red Bull. They create tons and tons of content and you know we all know they sell energy drinks, and we're going to find their energy drinks. But they are not an energy energy drink company. They're a media company. They're putting out. I'd say they. I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if you went and looked at the payroll division at Red Bull, they'd have more people getting paid to do content than they do to produce energy
1: drinks. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to yeah, you've got to make yeah. money, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and you know, in, in a way, that that really makes even more sense to anyone out there who already has a product site who's been writing content to try and drive traffic to their products. It's been done for years that, you know, you need to sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you need a, a blog. You need some kind of content driver to make your site stand out as a unique proposition in the in the industry. Um, let's say you're selling motorcycle helmets and um, everyone's and you're obviously a competition selling motorcycle helmets well if you have better reviews if you have video if you have all these things that are talking about it that then push the product you're already doing this you're already doing what John said it's just that you're not focusing entirely on it
2: yep absolutely
1: and so it's, it's really um, just increasing the mix um, to being more content focused than than just like worrying about your e-commerce site yeah, it's, it's good
2: yeah, and think about the way people search when they're looking to buy something online. You know, Google's got that ZMOT site. If you haven't been to it, it's google.com ZMOT. And it talks about how there's this new phase in shopping, right? People used to say, okay, I want a tennis shoe. They go to the store, they look at the selection, and they pick on oh, like that one. They find one that fits, and they buy it, right? Now, oh, I want a tennis shoe. I'm going to go online and search tennis shoes right there's this whole research phase that they do in between making a purchase now deciding they want to make a purchase and actually making the purchase and that research phase is where your content comes into play if you can connect with your audience during that research phase you have a much much better chance of being the one they actually purchase from in the long run Right? Mm
1: -hmm. it's just that simple very interesting Okay, what is next on the list
2: original images and I I actually agree wholeheartedly with this one as well Um, if you have a it just falls under the original content bullet right you need original content and and think about what content is online content is everything online images video text software as a service downloadable files anything that's published online is content this 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 radio slash podcast that you can go to webmasterradio.fm and download is content so every type of content you publish online needs to be original
1: should be Agreed. And it's it's definitely, uh, you know, obviously the content part. We already know you have like the written content. But, you know, getting images that are are unique, getting all these other things that are unique are not easy. And I think that's what Google wants. They want to make sure the people who are doing this are the people who are putting the effort in. um, And they genuinely earn their ranking.
2: Yep. And I can tell you from experience in the news, news section, in, in the news algorithms in Google News. There's actually two separate algorithms. When you go to news.google.com and you see you, see a, you search for President Obama and you see a list of articles about President Obama and you see a, a row of pictures of President Obama, right? Those are two completely separate algorithms that hit the news sites. One for text and one for images. And to, to work the images algorithm for Google News you have to have original content you have to have original photography. If you don't, you're not gonna show up there. And if you, if you just use the same AP, if the Associated Press publishes the image, use the same image everybody else does, you're not gonna show up in that that portion of the
1: news algorithm. Right, there you go. Um, now we better start whipping through this, we could have done a whole show on this, by the books by the, oh, the yeah. of it. Um, uh, actually, let's just cover the last two of the factors that I think he thinks are moving up, and we can maybe get into the factors that are being deprecated the next show, okay? Yeah, um, that works. Yeah, so for quality, another one is quality site design. Now, Google's pushing the mobile update, and that's user experience. But When we talk about quality site design, um, I would think that it all includes that as well um, in terms of making sure that uh, your content's optimized. Uh, not, again, I'm talking not necessarily about SEO, although I guess it all does connect. I'm talking so, about, let's say, images being uh, a slow a page speed. Images being optimized so they're not bloated. Uh, how much overall difference? navigation and infrastructure and quality of code, etc.
2: How much difference is there between user experience metrics when he says in the beginning all of them and quality site design?
1: Exactly,
2: because to me, a quality site is going to have great user experience, right? And that goes to the, how fast your images load, how usable is your navigation, all that stuff, which is great quality web design, but it's also user experience.
1: Yeah, well, he could also have been talking about in terms of user experience metrics. He could have also been discussing um, uh, people, you know, time on site. You know, are they when they click from Google to the page and then they come back? And are they bouncing? All these things are user experience metrics according to Google as well. Okay. Uh, A lot of depth. I don't know. I mean, he didn't give any more detail. That's the problem.
2: Uh, Yeah. But. I'd really we need to link this 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 discussion in the Google Plus community because there's a lot of great comments. There's dozens and dozens of good comments and discussion about each of these factors in that in that uh, thread.
1: Definitely, yeah. And the last one is descriptive meta description. Now, the meta description tag is, um, as you should all know, is not. If you have been listening to the show, that is, is not something that is considered when Google's determining if a site should rank or not. It's just dis- it's using that description when a site does rank, when it has a, a listing in the search results. That description is what is the call to action, what makes your listing more clickable than the person next to you or, or the listing next to you. So make sure that the, a meta description is there and that it's compellingly written.
2: And I'm, and I'm trying to figure out why he put this one in there. and, and- to me, I agree with what you said, I agree this, but the way you dis- you phrased that just now, I don't agree 100%. They don't, you're They right, they don't use it to determine ranking when it comes to relevancy. They don't look at the words in the meta description and decide, oh, this has this keyword in it, so it's more relevant to that. But they do look at it in terms of ranking if every page on the site has the same meta description. You lose a little bit of trust in qualities. I hate using the term quality score because it ties to PPC, but... <laughs> Yeah, or if there, if none of the pages have any descriptions, you lose a little bit of, you know, it's not as high a quality of page as it could be. They're not going to look at the meta description and say, oh, this this page is about this because the meta description says so, but they will look at how it's being used. If you have a meta description that's 200 words long, it's just repeating a keyword over and over again, that's a red flag. That'll impact your rankings, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, so Other than spam is what I'd say. I'm not so sure about anything else, but um, I would definitely yeah. say, I mean, unless you're spamming, it's not going to be used against you. Or so for you.
2: That, so my my only my only example, and I wish I had screenshots of this because it was years ago, is that we had a site that I was working on that had no meta descriptions, and this was far long enough ago where you could actually go in and search specifically to the supplement to the supplemental index. Right, you could actually go in and search the supplemental index to see which pages were in the primary, and which pages were in supplemental. You actually used to be able to do that. Talk about sending people back in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no but we doubt. had a site that had almost all its pages in supplemental, and none of the pages had a meta description, right? The only thing we changed, the first we were going to do a bunch of stuff this site just to help, but the first thing we did is we wrote unique meta descriptions for each page of this site. After that one task, they all came out, all but a few came out of supplemental index.
1: Yes, but you're also coming back to the time when meta description was considered... In search results as a, a ranking factor. Was
2: it ever a ranking factor?
1: I know. I was. I would definitely say it was part of it. Um, uh, absolutely. But right. we can get and into that I, next time. We, we we've already gone over time. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I, I guess I don't remember enough to to, to, to agree or disagree with that. I was just kind of in my mind was like, nope, it's never been a ranking factor from a relevance. I mean,
1: never, never, never a very strong one. Don't get me wrong, but I, we certainly used it. And, and, uh, I always thought of it as a benefit. I'll put it that way. I'm not nice. a scientist. And, and as many people like, uh, Stephen Spencer is, who I'm sure, who would have calculated whether or not it had any benefit to the decimal oh, yeah. point. But
2: <laughs> so let's go back to his specific thing. He says descriptive meta description. So what he's trying to tell us is that the meta description, because he's saying specifically descriptive, means that he thinks that, that this meta description now has a relevancy factor to it because it has to be descriptive of the page. Right. I, if you would have put unique meta description, I'd have said absolutely, um, which is kind of the same thing, but. So I guess it really depends on what his meaning
1: was. True enough. All right. Well, there we go. Um, we're going to cover some of the uh, the downsides, and then the next show with things that have dim uh, that uh, uh, doesn't Roger Monty has decided as as deprecated. Uh, so far, we're not in <laughs> Depreciate. major de- de- depreciated. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, dep- well, I guess not deprecated, but yeah, depreciated. Um, we so far aren't in dis- major disagreement with anything. Um, so far I think a lot of it's common sense to many SEOs but it is yeah. interesting to raise the issue and discuss it and uh, it's always interesting to hear what other people have to say so I'm actually going to go through that thread and see what some of the others have read, and, written as well.
2: And to tease it a little bit the first one is something we've been saying here for a long time keywords so just, just keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> well on behalf of myself Rostan, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. Have a great week, and remember to tune into to future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Have a great week.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody.